0: really imperative, especially on the first line, that initial attack line, that we get it right because it's going to have the most impact on the overall fireground operation. Enchanted Sky Media. 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 <laughs> this is Code Three, the podcast for firefighters. Now, here's your host, Scott Orr.
1: That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again on Code 3. The hose line is a really basic tool for firefighting, but how much thought do you give the type of line you pull when you arrive at a fire? And do you really know the capabilities and limitations of your nozzles? Do you grab the same one you routinely use in drills? That may not be your best choice, according to today's guest. Anthony Rowett, Jr. is a captain with the Mobile, Alabama Fire Rescue Department. He's also been a firefighter with the Ogdensburg, New Jersey Fire Department. He's written for multiple national fire service publications, and he's presented training sessions both locally and nationally. Anthony Rowett, welcome to Code 3.
0: How's it going? I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Thanks. So, how much of a big deal is it really to use the right line?
0: Well, it's going to make all the difference if you if you choose the wrong line, you uh you know, you might not meet meet your target flow rate, not achieve a great enough flow rate to extinguish the fire, end up having to pull another line that just delays the fire, causes more damage, all that kind of stuff. So, it's really imperative, especially on the first line, that initial attack line. That we get it right because it's going to have the most impact on overall fire ground operation.
1: So what is the real difference between an inch and three quarter and a two and a half in terms of getting water on the fire
0: uh it's It's pretty significant um your inch and three quarter as far as its capabilities are typically you're going to flow between a hundred and two hundred gallons per minute in most cases, where the two and a half you're going to be flowing more from the two hundred to three hundred and fifty gallons per minute on a hand line. Even though it can actually flow more than that, when you look at these blitz nozzles that are out today, a single two-and-a-half, it can flow up to 500 gallons a minute in that area. But on a hose line, it's going to be limited back to 350. But that's a that's a big difference in flowing, you know, 200 gallons a minute at your top end on an inch and three-quarter versus 200 on your bottom end of a two-and-a-half with a top end of 350 gallons a
1: minute. How well do firefighters typically know this kind of stuff and know their equipment?
0: I think for the most part, most firemen are pretty good about it. It's a it's a training thing, you know, taking the time to, to know your equipment, specifically which nozzles you use, which hose lines you use, because not every inch and three-quarter hose line or every two-and-a-half-inch hose line is the same. You know, the same company might make six, seven different options of each size hose line, and they're each going to have their different friction loss coefficients and all that kind of stuff that's going to play in. So it's really knowing your equipment, and that's where the training comes in. And most people, for the most part, I think are pretty good at it it's just sometimes we get in that habit of pulling what we're used to and that's where we go wrong in selecting a lot of times an inch and three-quarter hose that we're comfortable with instead of the two and a half that might be needed
1: what's the difference between fixed gallonage selectable gallonage and automatic fog nozzles
0: okay those are those are going to be your three types of fog nozzles and that's where knowing your nozzles knowing your nozzle theory is really going to come into play because there's a lot more than just saying, oh, that's a fog nozzle instead of a smooth board, because each each of those three types of fog nozzle is going to operate differently. So you've got your fixed flow, which is going to give you a constant flow rate at a set pressure. It's your preferred nozzle if you're going to use a fog nozzle for interior attack, because you're going to know your flow rate. If, you're, if, you're, if your pumper, your pump apparatus operator, is giving you the proper pressure, you know on the nozzle what your flow rate is. So you know if you're achieving your target flow rate, which is a safety factor for us to to flow that that uh, correct rate, it's gonna have um, the varying nozzle pressures. Not all fog nozzles are gonna operate at 100 PSI nozzle pressure like it used to be. You got um, various companies that make nozzles and they make them in that, those lower pressure nozzles now down to 50 PSI nozzle pressure, like a smooth board. A lot of them just have a, a little disc in the tip of the nozzle that you can you can change out and put what your department's preference is from a 50 psi tip or a 75 psi tip or the 100 psi tip at that you know that set flow so that's where your fixed flow is going to come in your selectable gallonage is like the nozzle that's a lot of time used on a fog line because it's allowed you can select the gallonage flow rate down to what's needed for the for a foam line so what that does it's still like a fixed flow fog in the fact that You can adjust your fog setting, but it's different in where the fixed flow is gonna give you a constant flow rate. The selectable gallonage is gonna allow you as the nozzle operator to select the flow rate you wanna flow. The key there in interior operations is to make sure that you selected a flow that meets uh, the target flow rate and the minimum target flow rate for that interior operation. The automatic nozzle is where a lot of people kind of get screwed up in how it works, understanding it. Because it's, it's not the same as the other ones in that you know what your flow rate is. With an automatic fog nozzle, at a constant pressure, it has a variable flow rate. So the flow rate isn't always the same at the same pressure. It uses a spring inside the nozzle as pressure is put on the spring to adjust the flow rate. So what it does is it always creates a good looking stream, but it doesn't necessarily have a good flow rate. So the easiest way to understand it is to think about a garden hose. It's the most commonly used analogy to understand a, a automatic nozzle. If you hold a garden hose out and you turn it on, and the flow of water coming out of it might be a gallon of water per minute. But it doesn't look at all impressive. It kind of just flows out of the tip of the nozzle, lazy, and falls to the ground. But if you put your thumb over the tip of the garden hose, it's going to make that that – flow look a lot better that stream it's going to have a lot of reach it's going to look really good but it's still only one gallon of water per minute so that's how an automatic fog nozzle works it's like putting your thumb over the tip of the garden hose to make a good looking stream even though you don't know the flow rate it may still be just that one gallon per minute if that makes sense it does so so the automatic fog we we can't tell if we have a good a good flow even by looking at the stream it's going to look good but you have no clue if you have a good flow rate so we want to avoid those during interior operations when we
1: can now is there a rule of thumb for fog versus smooth bore
0: yeah and and for some operations there are a lot of times our our bread and butter house fires the typical private family dwelling house um most people get away with doing just their preference or what their department has always done and using a smooth bore as a fog we we typically were able to handle those when we get into other fires is where it has a really big impact and selecting the wrong nozzle could put us in a bad situation. So when you get into a fire in a commercial building or an industrial building, we want to use a smooth bore nozzle for that greater reach and penetration that the nozzle has so that in these large buildings that a lot of times lack compartmentation, allow for a bigger fire area with more rapid fire spread, we get, we're get we dealing with more heat there Larger fire, we're able to use that reach and that penetration of the nozzle stream to uh, initiate our fire attack from a greater distance in you know away from the seat of the fire and start knocking it down as we advance our way to the fire versus having to get right up on top of it if you don't have that good reach. And then and uh, if you're working from a standpipe, you're going to want that smooth bore as well because it's less prone to clogging. It's got a 50 psi nozzle pressure where you know pressure is going to be really valuable in a standpipe operation because pressure they're, they're pressure sensitive operations the pressure is not guaranteed They're prone to low pressure situations. The code doesn't even require a lot of pressure from a standpipe outlet for you So you want to make sure that you're giving yourself the most operational capability by using a nozzle that doesn't have doesn't require a lot of uh, nozzle pressure when you're working from a standpipe and also that in a standpipe, there's a lot of encrustation in the piping, all that kind of stuff. The smooth smoothbore is less likely to clog, so that's another benefit.
1: What are the safe limits for personnel on nozzle?
0: Uh, that's going to be dependent on your, uh, your nozzle reaction for that nozzle, which is going to apply to your nozzle pressure and your flow rate and all of that. So it's about knowing what your safe limits are and then figuring, knowing your equipment and knowing what your nozzle reaction is going to be. So what the safe limits have been set at is for a one-person nozzle team, a safe nozzle reaction is 70 pounds. And for a two-person nozzle team, a safe nozzle reaction is 110 pounds.
1: Do you ever see people who bust those ideas and go out with too much pressure for one man?
0: Oh, yeah. You, you see a lot, and you'll see someone who they're not able to move that hose line effectively, especially, you know, when they're flowing water, they can't move or that nozzle is constantly riding back and ends up in their armpit, and they have to shut it down to try to get it back out because they can't move. You want to be able to, with the nozzle wide open, be able to advance that line effectively.
1: Now, engineers probably know all this stuff inside now, but how much of this do firefighters know, and how much do they need to know?
0: Um, we, need to know we need to know all of it, and for the most part, most firemen, I think, know most of it. They, they know their equipment. It's just a matter of applying it. So a lot of people know what nozzle reaction is. A lot of people might know what the forces are, but when they get in that situation, they might not necessarily take the time to make sure that they have the right amount of people on the nozzle. They just fight with it and deal with it to try to get the fire out, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it does. It sounds like what you're saying is people just jump off the rig and grab it and go instead of planning and realizing they're going to need two people on it to keep it safe.
0: Right, and that, that's where the training comes in. You, when you train with your equipment a lot, you, you understand it better, and you can work that out in advance that you know if, you, if you're if you pulling this line that has this nozzle on it, it's gonna it might have a nozzle reaction force that's going to require an additional person or if you're using a two and a half inch hose line versus an inch and three quarter, and you're in a multi-story building dealing with a bunch of stairwells, you may know that you need to assign the first two engine companies to the initial attack line versus just the first one if it was an if it was an inch and three-quarter line
1: that's all good stuff to remember anthony Rowett, thank you for joining us on code three today no problem thanks for the opportunity and we put some more information on what i call hose line math on the website code three podcast.com slash hose check it out now here's holly
0: We need your help, but it'll be easy. Just go to wherever you got this podcast and leave us a rating and review. It'll only take a minute, but it will help other listeners find us. Why do you care? Because the more people who listen, the bigger our community becomes. And the bigger our community, the better Code 3 becomes. It's kind of like the brotherhood itself. So when you get a second, leave us a rating and quick review. And thanks.
1: All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3 Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, I'll see you later.
0: Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To get in contact with us, visit Code3Podcast.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you should. Don't miss an episode. Find us at the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.